extinguish it. Amen. You know, in Psalm 34, very popular psalm, says that I'll bless the Lord at all times. He, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked at him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. Amen. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, magnify the Lord. You know, I've always been reading this scripture, but the word magnify never actually came out strong to me. I don't know whether you know magnify. When you say magnify, magnify means what? Enlarge. Right. Yes. And you might be tempted to think that magnifying the Lord means that enlarge God. You can't enlarge God. You get it? So, how do we magnify God? You get it? How do we magnify God? That's not what I'm talking about this morning, but I just wanted to, oh, magnify the Lord with me. You know, we say it, oh, oh magnify. It's like God is size 12. You want to make him size 16. No. You can't make, change the size of God by your magnify. After all, you've not been able to change the size. You have to eat, 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 eat before you add some small size to it. Amen. <laughs> so, magnify the Lord with me. Then, I, you know, when we were young, now they have all games that they play, but you know, they, they, they were real toys. See real toys. Everything could be no real toys. Like real, like big, big toys, you know. Sometimes the toys are very small. They are like small, small toys. Then we have something called magnifier. Do you know magnifier? It's like that. It's like when you put on the thing like this, it's like suddenly it increases the size. Do you get it? So that is what that magnify means. So to magnify means that it is not increasing the size of the thing, but it's increasing your view. You get it? So it's like I'm not magnifying God to increase the size of God, but my understanding of God is increasing. You get it? And one way that I wonder, because you see, is that your understanding will increase and you will see things that you were not seeing before. You get it? So like my phone, I have something on it from afar. You might not be able to see. You get it? So the, the magnifier helps you to be able to see things that hitherto you are not seeing. You get it? That's why we have to pray that the eyes of understanding be enlightened. Because when you pray that the eyes of understanding be enlightened, certain things that you were not seeing it the way you are seeing it now, you begin to see it clearly. You get it? You know, those of us like here, my, I, I cannot see like uh, from afar. I can see short, but I can't see. So when I wear the glasses, then it magnifies it for me. It doesn't change what is on the screen, but it makes it look like I can see. You know, yes. So I think that also when it comes to our relationship with God and our understanding of God, sometimes we are short-sighted. We don't see far. We can't really see. That's why we always need to. I, I believe that. Ephesians chapter 1 is one of the chapters that every Christian should always be praying, especially from 17 downwards. It talks about, you know, sometimes when you are praying, you're always talking about, oh, 
God my 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 uh, uh, my 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 food, my this, my that, my this, my that. You know, recently I was like, ah, he said everything shall pass, but his word shall not pass. I'm like, ah, what, what, what everything shall pass? In your life, even in your life, you could see that there are a lot of things that have passed already. You used to pray about them, but now you don't pray about them anymore. You get it? If, for instance, you were looking for 50 pounds to hit your account, and now it has hit your account, will you pray about it again? Yes. So those things are like material things that now Christians, like anytime you are praying, you are always concentrated. It's good. But I believe that we also have to concentrate on a lot of things that are not material. So like when you are praying, say that let's pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Like you don't you don't see how your eyes being enlightened will sort of give you money. But you, you, you don't know that it, it, the, when your eyes of the understanding, you know sometimes haven't you done something that later on you found out that this one was a foolish move? Because now, now you know. It's like somebody duped you before. Now recently there was this Bitcoin and whatever that came. That people were investing, investing, investing. Suddenly it started misbehaving. Your eyes have been opened. You see, the, the eyes of your understanding, when you say the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, it means that your eyes will be enlightened before the situation. Because if you wait for the situation to enlighten your eyes, that's what we are talking about. Because by virtue of experience, your eyes will be enlightened. You get it? That's why we have to honor our old people because they, they, even though some of the things they learned by experience and some of them they, 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 their eyes were open before you get it yeah amen so today I just want us to look at a very simple story in the Bible that we all know in Luke chapter 10 then we are out of here Luke chapter 10 verse 30 so even as you are praying even as you are reading the scriptures or you are by reading the scriptures, you pray the Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Open the eyes of my understanding. Because, you know, see, sometimes our the eyes of our understanding not being enlightened on scripture, that's why we take it casually. The eyes of our understanding not being enlightened on prayer, that's why we take it casually. The eyes of our understanding not being enlightened on fasting, that's why we take it casually. The eyes of our understanding not being enlightened on coming to church, that's why we take it. Because, you know, some people, it's like, oh, why are you talking about church, 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 everything, church? You know, everything is like, oh, why can't we worship God outside church? Yes, you can, but you yourself, you know the difference. When you don't come for a very long time, and when you come, and because some people, it's when they come and they hear a word, and the word like enters their spirit, and it's like it causes them to act certain way. You get it? That's why we always have to pray that God open the eyes of understanding. Haven't you read the scripture that somebody too has read the scripture and the person is explaining the scripture? Ah, is that one too in the scripture? Yes, the, the eyes of that person's understanding has been opened. Has been opened to that particular, that's why you read it and it's like a, it's like mirror or a daily, a daily hot, uh, what are some of the Sunday times. <laughs> it doesn't carry any power. No, there should be a difference between Sunday times, metro, and the book of Luke. It should not be, it should not be because the person that was writing Metro, the person might, might, might have been drunk with, with alcohol, not with the Spirit of God. But Luke is different. You know, the Bible makes us understand that the people that were the Bible, the Bible said they were inspired. They were inspired. They said that scripture is an inspired word of God. When God moved people to write. You get it? So it's not just any kind of person. It's different from reading BBC News. On what is happening with Brexit and reading the book of Ephesians chapter one, there is difference. 
So if you are reading the two and the two are going the same way, there is something wrong. You get it? So if the eyes of your understanding, you see that your appetite changes. Your, like the way you see it and the way you value it changes. Some of the things that we don't value is because our eyes have not been opened. That's why it's like we are talking, 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 explaining to you with diagrams and everything just to make you know that, oh, this one is important. No. Your, your eyes have not been opened. Your eyes have not been opened. Our eyes have not been opened. So I want us to pray. Every time you are praying, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Open the eyes of my understanding. Open the eyes of... You know, the disciples, when they were with Jesus, their eyes were not really open, though. When the Holy Spirit came upon them, they said, hey, so this thing that we were working with, it was not that usual. He said, I'm going back to fishing. You know, he, his eyes were not open. And now, you know, now we can give all forms of explanation and all forms of excuses why that thing should not be done or why you know, the eyes of your understanding has not been enlightened. You get it? So, one pray every time the Lord open the eyes. Because sometimes you criticize certain people, your eyes have not been opened, that's why. If you know why certain things are supposed to be the way they are supposed to be, you will not behave the way you behave. Amen. Okay, so we are talking about others and the Good Samaritan is the story that we are looking. And we pray that God open our eyes of our understanding. Amen. The difference between a doctor and a nurse is the eyes of the understanding. You don't know. Because the nurse can see to a certain level. And the doctor can also see to another level. And the difference between a doctor who is specialized and a doctor who is a general practitioner is the eyes of the understanding. You get it? So it's like the, all of us can look at the whole body like from head to toe. We can, oh, when, oh, oh, antibiotics. Oh, everybody can give antibiotics. But when it comes to, let's say, the heart, if your eyes of understanding is not enlightened on matters of the heart, you can't deal with the heart. You get it? Uh-huh. So like, in this church, like this, the eyes of people's understanding of music, like Bula, is enlightened than mine. That's why when you say, oh, the person is singing is C sharp or D, whatever. Me, when uh, every song is the same, it's like there's no difference. Whether it's, uh, uh, there's, there's no difference. I know that, oh, it sounds nice. But as to how nice it is, you know, the details, the details of the thing, yes. Yeah. So it's when the eyes of your understanding to pray the always, you know. I believe that when our eyes is much more open, we will keep quiet a lot on a lot of things that we, we easily come out to criticize. So, oh, no. Ah, no. We don't understand that's why. Yeah. Amen. Luke chapter 10 from verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. We all know the story very well. And fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came here, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, 
and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay. I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed on him, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Amen. So we all know the story, the background of the story is about the Pharisees who are always trying to corner Jesus. So who is our neighbor? Who is our neighbor? Who is our so the, then Jesus told them this story. In this story, there were three people that were in it. One was a priest. One was a Levite. So the priest and the Levite, so like the priest like now a pastor. A Levite is like somebody who works in the church. You get it? And the third one is a Samaritan. And there's this man that was moving from Jerusalem to Jericho that fell among thieves and was killed. And you want to use that to compare how we care for others. The first thing I want to say about this story is that, you see, some people's level of hatred can be very strong. You know, during those days, the Samaritans were half-caste Jews. When you say half-caste, you understand? It's like, it's like half of the appearance, like maybe half the parent is a Jew and half the parent might be a, a Philistine or whatever. You get it? And if you know the Jews, the Jews, they you know that's why they like the word Gentiles. Even now, recently I was watching some documentary on how the, the Jews, the Israelites are trying to take over the whole of Jerusalem by building. Still, they use the word Gentile. So to them, it's like, apart from them, <laughs> apart from them, everybody else is a Gentile. So, they did not like the Samaritan because they thought that the Samaritans had defiled. You know, like you have to marry within and keep the, that, that, that sort of blood lineage. So Jesus asked them the three. Sir, so which of the three do you think that did the right thing? He said the one that had mercy. He doesn't even want to mention the word Samaritan. You get it? So how, how some people can really, how some people can really, you know, some hatred is like, you don't even want to pass the way the person is. But I pray that God will deliver us from all these things. Amen. Yeah. The person I was talking to is a, is a pastor. He said, he doesn't even want to mention the name of, he said, which of the three? Oh, is the priest? Oh, is the Levite? Oh, is the Samaritan? No, the person that had mercy. <laughs> you know how you, you want to give some answers to certain people. You don't want to go straight because you don't even want to mention the name of the person. May God have mercy on us. <laughs> Amen. So let's go to the story. He said that a certain man went and fell among thieves. Now three people came. And the third person was the one that helped. You know, initially, anytime I read the story, I'm like, oh, the first two people actually, they, they, they were not good people. You get it? It's like, oh, you are a pastor. You've seen somebody there. You don't want to help. And you've left. You are a Levite. Maybe the person is a... Is a it's a choir leader or a, a music leader or an usher or whoever. You, you saw the person and you've left. But other things that is in the story will make us know why probably they did not wait. Amen. The first thing that we know is that the good Samaritan poured oil and wine into the man's 
issue. So probably the priests and the Levites did not have oil and wine. You get it? You know, sometimes it's like, that's why we say that the person who, who won't read and the person who can't read, they are the same. You get it? So like, if you don't have the thing, you can't give. So probably the priests and the Levites, they did not have the oil and the wine. You get it? And what does the oil and the wine represent? The oil and the wine, the oil represents the anointing. You get it? So we are talking about you being a good Samaritan, having the anointing or having the Holy Spirit. You get it? Because actually you can't give what you don't have. If I don't have it, how do I give it to you? I can't give it. So probably it could be that the priest was is a priest but no anointing. Priest but no oil. Qualida but no oil. Can't, I can't give what I don't have. And you see, it is what you have that also changes the way you think and the way you understand certain things. You get it? If I don't have it, I don't even see the need to help at all. But because I have it and it has changed the way I think, the way I see things, the way I appreciate, you know, Peter with the oil and Peter without the oil, they are two different people. When Peter was not with the oil, you see how he was with Jesus. Very, very sharp. You know, there are some people who are very sharp. It's like, can't you even reduce the words? Can't you think about it? Oh, no, no, Peter is not like that. He gives to you as it is. It's like, you know, I don't know whether you have people. Like, I was like, take your time, please. I know that this is how you are supposed to say it, but try and, like, it's like alcohol, reduce it. It's 70, make it like 5%. So that when it comes, it will not hit me hard. There are some people, it's, hey, when they, when they give you the words, please, if you are like that, try and reduce your. <laughs> make, it, make it soft for other people to take it. Add, add a lot of water to it. You get it. But when the anointing came on Peter's life, you see, there was a difference there. The same Peter, when people were coming around Jesus, he was like, you know how some men, some men of God and they are interagent, they are coming. It's like, it is not easy to penetrate. It's like, they are like this. It's like, it's not easy. But Peter, when the Holy Spirit came upon him, and when he was going to the temple, he said, this is what I have, I give you. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He said, what I have, I give you. So I'm asking, what do you have to give? What do you have to give? What do you and I have to give? The, the good Samaritan had oil and wine to give. The pastor was going around, he had nothing to give. The, 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 the Levite was going around, had nothing to give. So that means, for us to give something, we must have something. You get it? For you and I to give something. You know, because sometimes you are always talking about, oh, as shepherds, you have to love people. You have to. Is there love at all in your heart? Is there care at all in your heart? Is there compassion at all in your heart? Is, is it there? Because if it's not, you know, there is a difference between talking to someone who has and is not giving, and the person who does. Because you see, if I don't have, it is difficult for me to even understand what you are trying to say. You get it? It's like going to the priest and saying that, oh, can't you help? With what? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing I get. There's nothing that I, I have. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Hmm. Nothing. Why there's a song like that? 
Oh, okay, nothing. <laughs> nothing. You don't have anything to give. But you see, and, and, and that's one thing that, you know, the people were not expecting the Good Samaritan to have it. Most times, the people that we expect them to have, they have nothing on. Hey, it's like, it's like me, nothing. But the people that you were expecting them to have some prayer bank, some word bank, some word bank, you know. Because sometimes you'll be reading the scripture and God will be telling you certain things. It's like the word that you see that you meet somebody and you're talking to somebody and you knew that that word that God was giving to you it was just for this person. So it's in your bank. You get it? So the, the good Samaritan, even though he was despised, he was not loved. He was saying that, oh, he was half caste. He was half this, half that, half that, half Colombian, half British, half, no. It doesn't matter. He had the oil. You get it? It's not about tagging. It's about what you have. You get it? So I want to ask all of us, all of us, by f- I always say that by virtue of you coming to first service, there's something that you're having. Because you see, and, and, and it's even good for us to come first service because you see, there's something that, there's, a, there's something burning in our, in our, in our hearts in our bellies that we, 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 that's why we come. Because it's not easy. You know, it's not easy to come and sit here for first. Why? Is it not the same preaching that you're going to preach? Is it not the same worship? Is it not the same prayer? Why do I repeat two times? Yeah. But for you to even come first and come second means that there's something, there's something that you have of which you can top up. You know, for the past three weeks, we've been talking about a little bit more. And last week, Michael too talked about a little bit more in your Christian life. Yes, and he was talking about Daniel. Powerful. So what do you have? What do you have? And the thing that you have, have you have you been have you been recharging, 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 recharging? Because some of the things like some of the things that God is giving, he's expecting that it goes so that he fails. He goes so that he fails. He goes, but if it's there not being used, it will start to what? Sting. Ecclesiastes chapter ten, verse one. Dead flies. Dead, <laughs> dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. So does a little fully to the respected for wisdom and honor. You know, the New King James sometimes says, Do you have NLT? Oh, I should read. Yeah. A dead fly caused even a bottle of perfume to stink. So a little foolishness spoils great wisdom and honor. I'm not talking about that part, but <laughs> the, the first part is where my interest is that a dead fly causes even a bottle of perfume to stink. What is in your bottle of perfume? Is it a dead fly? Because if it is something that had, you know, the good Samaritan is using it, so there is a possibility for the, the next one that comes to want to be fresh. You know, every time we tell our God, fill us with fresh oil. But the question is, you're asking yourself that the oil, last oil that was given to you, has it been used? Has it been used? Has it been used? The good Samaritan was using it. Was using that oil, that small oil, that small oil. You know, the last time I was talking to you about the seven people that the apostle laid their hands on that they should share food. Stephen and Philip, that small oil, they started using it. And before they knew it, it was it was another level. Amen. 
Leviticus chapter 6, verse 13. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. Amen. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. The altar of your life and the altar of my life. The fire should always be burning. The fire, the fire, the fire on your life, the fire on your altar should always be burning. Ask the person sitting to you, is the fire ablaze? I don't say ask the question and ask and ask and get answer. <laughs> is the fire ablaze? Is the fire? It's bringing some memories. <laughs> is the fire ablaze? <laughs> I remember when we were checking, we had some, we had revivals fire. Then we say what set ablaze, set ablaze, set ablaze. So the revival fire in your life and the revival fire in my life should be set ablaze. Should be set ablaze. She be set ablaze. She be set ablaze. She be set ablaze. Hmm. Amen. So the good Samaritan had oil and wine to give. But the one thing that we should also learn from that, that the good Samaritan was not a pastor. The good Samaritan was not, was not a Levite. So it's not about the title. Nothing. No. It's never. It's not about the title. The title is what we all see. Oh, he's a pastor. He's a bishop. He's an archbishop. He's it is it's if you carry it, it you know. At, at that scene, the person that made manifest of the thing that was there was the good Samaritan. Yeah. Amen. Which presuppose that we should be yearning more of that than trying to get accolades. You know, it's like nomenclatures. This, that, 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 that. It's good, but the thing that really matters is, you know, I always say that this thing, there is the work, it's the work, it's the work. And what fuels the work? What fuels the work is the anointing and, and the Holy Spirit that is working. Because, you know, you, you, you can be an usher, you can actually call somebody but the anointing, that is all. It's different. It's different. It's different. Sometimes you yourself should be able to know the difference from when you were in stage A and when you got to stage B and when you are getting to stage C. Ah, initially, this was how I was behaving. You know, but me, myself, I can see that. Even if it's not like you are bragging, but if me, myself, I can see that God is actually working on me and God is actually changing me. You get it? But I also want to say that, you see, in all these things, we should not be looking at ourselves. Like, oh, can, 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 can I be the one that can be a good Samaritan in somebody's life? No, it's not about you, but it's about who you are looking up to. Yeah, you are looking up to God. You are looking up to God. God is just using us as vessels. Just that we have to avail ourselves for God to use. You get it? So it's not about you saying that, oh, I'm doing it so that I get to this level. Because that's the, the mindset that sometimes you might have, that, oh, like the thing that Pastor Sam is talking about, oh, let me try and see if I can work and push. No. It's not about you pushing yourself. It's not like a competition that you have to study so that, no. It's about you availing yourself for the Holy Spirit to use you. 
So that when at a point when the Holy Spirit is using you and you yourself, you are surprised, then you know that it is not you. You get it? So it's not, it's not, it's not me that I've come here to, to talk, talk, talk. No. But if you see that it is the Holy Spirit that is using you to sing, it is the Holy Spirit that is using you to do what you are doing, then you see that actually you have been put aside and you've presented your vessel. It's just a vessel. A vessel. That's why God was angry at Moses. Because Moses was telling God that, you see, I can't talk. But God was saying, it is not you. You are just, you are just a, a medium. Actually, I can even put you aside and use somebody else. You get, and, and it's true because, you see, when Moses died, you know, sometimes when you are there, you think that if you are not there, the thing cannot move on. It's like, oh, the thing is on, as I always say, the thing is on my leg. So you move my leg, the thing, whole thing you, are, you, are, you are deceiving yourself. When Moses died, smooth transition, Joshua. Smooth. Just like, yeah. When Jesus left the scene, the apostles took over. And the apostles, when, they, when Peter thought that, oh, he's the Paul came into the scene. More anointing. <laughs> so you see that actually it is not, you know, and, and the thing that God does is that God uses both. He uses the people that supposedly are qualified for everything and the people who are not supposedly unqualified. So like for instance, in music, you see people like Franklin and you see people like Johnny McLean. People with the voice and people without the voice. God is using both of them. Just to tell us that it is not the voice or not the voice that is using it is it is, he has decided to use it. That's all. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. So it's not about saying that, oh me I, God is using me because I I I'm, I can talk, I can preach, I know how to. I no, hmm. God can use anybody. God 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 can. Just, you just need to avail yourself like the good Samaritan. You might not be liked. You might not. People might not appreciate. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. People might not even see that. Oh, this person is there. That no. When the works, the works, the works are speaking. <laughs> when the works are speaking, that one is not. It is not you. You get. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I had five points. So. But I believe strongly that the main, the main thing that sort of differentiates between the good Samaritan, the Levite, and the priest is that even though we can also look at the point that the good Samaritan did not give excuses when he had to care for others. Aside having the oil, what are you using the oil? Are you now deciding when it's supposed to be used and when it is not supposed to be used? You get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's like we are now making it like the GP's appointment. It's like you say you can count next two months. <laughs> you yourself, you know that the thing that is burning in you, but the GP is saying it's in the next two months. So until then, you just have to be taking antibiotics. <laughs> or you have to be taking paracetamol or something. Yeah. And. The last one I want to say is that the good Samaritan did not pretend that he could not see the problem. The good Samaritan pretended that he could not see the problem. How many times have you and I been pretending that we cannot see? Meanwhile, we can see. It's like that thing, you, you, you've seen it, and actually God has been doing attention on it several, several. Sometimes you'll be, you be, you be sleeping in your bed, and I know this when I'm talking to somebody, you are sleeping in your bed, and the Holy Spirit will wake you up, bring somebody's thought in your mind, pray for this person. Oh, it's maybe, you know, I was thinking about the person as I was sleeping. So maybe that's why it came again. So it's not very important. 
You get it? That's why sometimes I wonder, because you know, it's like now, the Christians of nowadays, we want extraordinary manifestation, which is good. But God is actually, you see that, you, if you think about, about it, there are so many things that are happening, as this thing I knew. I knew. But because God did not come with the, the angel did not come flying at the door of your room telling you that go and do this. You don't mind. He's been speaking to you. He's been sp- and you are pretending as if you are not hearing. Hey! All of us, we fall into it too. Sometimes we wake you up to pray. Say, hey! In your bed, you check. Getting up. Hey! Mercy, 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 mercy. How? Because you, as you are in church like this, you greet a lot of people, but suddenly you greet this person, and it's like you feel so much burden for the person. You cannot explain. You can't explain why you. It's like you are. You become so much attached. It's not like any form of attachment or anything. But you can't explain why the person's issue comes with caring. God has laid a burden on your heart to pray for the person. God has laid a burden on your heart to 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 give the person extra attention. But it's like, and we, and we are asking ourselves why is that God is not, no, because it is step one, step two, step three. You see, that's why we prayed in the initially for the eyes of understanding be light. Because if you see that, oh, this is what, because sometimes the supposed men of God, that big, big men of God, is, some of them, they act on this small thing that we too, we have that we ignore. The small thing. So, oh, me, and the, and the way they will say it and make it look good, oh, and God was speaking to me and this, in, in, in your head, you think, hey, God came to his room, sat on his bed, speaking to No! God spoke to him the way he's speaking to you. You get it? God is speaking to, God spoke to the person. Sometimes it's a dream. You had a dream. And you, it's a very weird dream. Instead of you praying about this, oh, I don't understand so because I don't understand. I don't want to, I don't want to do something I don't understand. You know, giving a whole lot of explanation that does not make sense. You get it? But the good Samaritan did not pretend that he could not see the problem. What problem have you seen that you are pretending that you have not seen? What problem in your family have you seen that you are pretending you have not seen? What problem in the church have Because you see, you can either be on the side, Reverend has always been telling us, you can either be on the side of the solution of the problem, or you can either be on the side of the complaint of the problem. Oh, when the time we come to church, there are a lot of empty seats. Yes, it's a problem. What, about, what have you seen? What can you do it's like, it's like now we all move to this side. Let's leave it for this person to do. And we come complaining. If you like, list the first top ten things you complain a lot about and see if you've done anything about any of them. Nothing. But actually, the thing that you complain about a lot is the thing that you do nothing. Nothing. You, and it's like once you do that, you've given the power of change to somebody. You get it? It's like I've given the power of change to the person. So if whatever happens, I don't care. But I pray that you and I will behave like the good Samaritan. Where that we will yearn. Because you see, the good Samaritan carried the oil in case. In case. Because he, he did not know that there was going to be a situation like this. So the oil that you are carrying, it should be there in case. Just as the, ten, the five virgins, the, the five wise virgins carried the oil in case. So you carry it in case. You might not need it, but somebody might need it. And when you see your problem too, don't pretend that it does not exist. It is there. Amen.